0: Hello and welcome to the principal thing with Peter E. Wisdom. And uh, well, today we continue to dive into the Word uh, to explore the treasures, the immense treasure that we have in the Word of God. Uh, As a believer, you need to understand that uh, you have been made a custodian of the mysteries of God. In uh, Mark chapter 4, after the parable of the sower. Uh, Jesus uh, is speaking to his disciples who come to him and they are in confusion, uh, derision actually, they they don't know what the parable means. And they ask the Lord Jesus when they are alone with him, that what did the parable of the sower mean? And Jesus tells them that for you, uh, my disciples, uh, the ones who believe in me, for you the church, it is given to understand the mysteries of the kingdom of God. But for the people outside, they are spoken in parables such that they do not understand them. The implication being that um, these mysteries for you, the child of God, are supposed to make your life better. They're supposed to make your life so different from that, uh, that one who is outside the church. Because these mysteries are uh, uh, keys, the, the, the gateways, the portals into the operation of God. And as you listen to the word of God, as you listen to these mysteries, as you get to understand these mysteries, your life changes. You move from the plane of humanity uh, to the plane of God. You operate in the realm of God. That is the power of the word. That's the power of prophecy. Uh, that's the power of, uh, of tapping into these mysteries of God. And it's little wonder that in these times and seasons that we are in, um, you know, when darkness is seemingly wants to cover the world, the one area that is being attacked so much, uh, first of all, is uh, the outlets for this truth, and that's uh, I mean, for example, places of congregation, churches. Churches have been closed because uh, a typical church uh, is described as the the pillar of truth. The church is where we go to get resourced and to get sourced. That's why we go uh, to to hear the, the fresh word of God, the fellowships that we attend, and. Uh, it, the one thing you'll notice world over is that they have said if people congregate in a church you're going to spread well uh, not the corona thing and everything so they, they, they want to shut that down because when they shut that down then you will not get to be able to tap into these mysteries of God and then your life will become bang average like the rest of the world out there so guard what you have in the Lord guard the word of God listen to it every time uh, never get tired of it uh, this is why your victory Uh, comes from this is where your victory comes from despite the persecution i've told you before that uh, there is nowhere in the scriptures where the church uh, where a child of god where a servant of god has lost to the devil so it is not going to happen and it will not happen now and dear child of god um we want to 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 let you know who you are really and uh, when you get to know who you are what sustains you uh, where your citizenship lies and the resources that you have available to you, then you realize how easy it is to establish uh, the mandate, the dominion of God on this earth, because you are the most blessed person. Uh, Let no one deceive you. You are the most blessed person on this earth. You are the brightest star. You are the representation of uh, Almighty God. You are the representation of the Almighty God. And this is... um, what uh, is spoken about throughout the scriptures in first peter uh, from you know, first peter uh, chapter one verse one it says peter an apostle of jesus christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in pontus uh, galatia Cappadocia, uh, asia and bithynia according to the foreknowledge of god the father in sanctification of the spirit uh, for obedience to Jesus Christ And for sprinkling uh, with his blood And that's a mouthful eh? So we are going to tear this apart And you will see how blessed you are And uh, you will never Sacrifice this precious word of God For anything So Peter starts off by saying Peter an apostle of Jesus Christ He establishes his authority Straight away He's saying I'm not getting his authority from man I am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ And this should be a basic truth But uh um, well, in, 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 when, when darkness is trying to cover the earth, uh, two, one of two things always happens. Either you are going to stand for your faith or you are going to join the camp uh, of the world. Eh? And when that happens, most likely, uh, like you have seen, there, there's so many people who are, uh, what I've been saying, sacrificed faith at uh, the altar of science. So you find people who um, just uh, a few years ago were very strong in the healing power of God. These were people who are, you know, healing people, causing the limb to walk, uh, causing limbs to grow. And uh, now, in a sudden 180-degree turn, they are on the same pulpits where all these miracles happened. And they're now pronouncing uh, that uh, this uh, pandemic is the worst thing that has happened. It is not a joke. And they're now uh, uh, pushing for an agenda from darkness on the pulpit of God. That ought not to happen. You need to know your identity, your call, as a man of God. And this is what Peter is saying. Peter here, in, in first Peter, says Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. You need to know who sent you. You need to know who sent you. Was it the government or was it uh, the Lord Jesus who, who sent you? And I can answer that way it was the Lord Jesus. You don't preach what the government wants you to preach. You preach what the Lord Jesus has told you to preach, whether it is in contradiction with the government or no. But uh, the next scripture is actually the one I wanted. It says, To those who are elect exiles of the dispersion according to the foreknowledge of God. It says, You are elected according to the foreknowledge of God. Um, this is a. Uh, uh, if you know anything about democracy, uh, people go and uh, they, they listen to a candidate. And after listening to the candidate, then they they, they go to the ballot and they choose. That's what an election is. An election is a, a bit of a choice. It involves choice. There were so many people involved, but you said, no, of the eight that are there, I want this one to become my president. And you have a reason you want him to become a president. You say, I want him to become a president because he has promised A, B, C, and D. He has promised economic recovery. He has promised prosperity to all Ugandans. And, and things like that. Now um, you have to realize that uh, of course the, the, that's on the good side. There are also people who are voted because they bribe the voters. And the only reason a voter is going to vote the person is because they have been bribed. Now here according to the scripture it says that for you you are elected according to the foreknowledge of God. If I was speaking in terms of a natural election people can be elected according to the good plans that they have said they are going to do they can be elected according to the way they have bribed the voters. So it, it is important. When you are elected, there is, some, there is a reason why you have been elected for that position. That's uh, what I really want to bring forth. And uh, according to Peter, it says that for you, as a child of God, you are elected according to the foreknowledge of Jesus Christ. This uh, um, It says you're according to foreknowledge of God, eh, the Father. This implies that, uh, just imagine with me, there was some sort of democratic process and the person who was uh, casting the vote was God himself. God had an assignment because whenever we elect people, we don't elect them for the sake. When uh, In any election, there's always an assignment. So when you're chosen as the elected one, either you're going to become a president and then you lead the people, there's always an assignment after an election. Uh, The scripture says that there was a specific role that God needed to be filled. And when he looked around, he chose you. He elected you. But the way he elected you was according to his foreknowledge. What that implies is um, God looked at your entire life from when you were born to the end, you know, the end of time. And he chose you. That becomes—I uh, uh, can't really describe how big that is. It means that, irrespective of all the drama in your life, all the things you think you—the uh, the things you have done—and you think I have missed God here, uh, those things that uh, you think you haven't been good enough to God, all those situations where you think you have not been a hundred percent in your walk with Christ, He says that before He chose you, He looked at your entire life by foreknowledge he knew all the things that you are going to do and he said no 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 this man here is my best candidate so i want to encourage you and not even encourage you i want you to see it that as a child of god you are the best person you have been elected for this and uh, you may be wondering what is my call your call is to be a representative of god on this earth that is who you are and god is so confident in you he chose you the lord imagine you go for an election And you're going to choose a president. And uh, for some reason, your brain can tell you that this guy is going to... You can see what he's going to do in the next five years. eh? So you look at him and you're like, after about three months, he's going to... um, Well, he's going to become corrupt and he's going to steal about $50 billion. eh? Most people would never choose such a leader. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't choose that leader. And I'm not saying that God would choose that leader too. But... uh, we, most people are blinded to the fact uh, that the most people are blinded to the to, to, to this side of life so when we are choosing leaders we choose them dependent on what they have promised us we don't have the luxury of looking ahead of time to see their behavior when they're in office because if we could see their behavior when they're in office we could make a more informed choice That is the point that I'm trying to cut across. When it came to the Lord Jesus, he saw your life way ahead of time. He says in Psalms 139 that he knit you together in your mother's womb. Can you imagine that? He spoke to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 that before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I called you. You know, And Jeremiah, you read Jeremiah 1 from around 9, 13. Jeremiah was busy. Telling the Lord Jesus, uh, I mean uh, God the Father, that I cannot do what you're calling me to do because I am young. And the Lord was telling him that, no, you are not young. Before even you were made in your mother's womb, I knew you. You get it? He he superposes something else that I have already foreseen you. This is what the Lord uh, tells Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 1 uh, from verse 5, he says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. And, uh, you know, Jeremiah, of course, speaks and says, Oh, Lord, behold, I do not know how to speak. How many of you know that speaking is very vital for a prophet? Eh? <laughs> and he says, I don't know how to speak for I am only a youth. You know? But the Lord told him that, you know what, I chose you before you were even in your mother's womb. So do not have any excuse. I, 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 before, I, you know, you ever knew that even I've chosen you. I already chosen you to be a prophet. I knew, I, I, I've seen all the issues you have with your speech, maybe you stammer and all that stuff, but I chose you. And at the end of the day, he's saying that because I elected you, I am going to equip you with everything that you need to succeed in your call. So, beloved child of God, you are elected according to the foreknowledge of the Lord himself. He has seen your entire life, the ups, the downs, the things you think you have missed, and you have said, no, 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 this one I have elected. And you have to understand, as human beings in a democracy, uh, democratic state, when you elect uh, a president, you empower the president. It is not the other way around. After electing the president, you're going to pay taxes. Then it is those taxes which are going to give the president a house. They're going to give him a car. They're going to give him everything he needs to perfectly perform that which you have chosen him uh, to do. eh? So when the Lord chose you, he's going to equip you to perfectly perform that which he has called you to do. To be his representative on earth, whether it be in business, in ministry, or whatever. So look not on uh, those areas you think you have missed it. And that you don't add up. eh? And he continues to say that in the sanctification of the spirit. Sanctification means in the setting apart. eh? You are being set apart by the spirit of God. The spirit of God is the one going to help you in whatsoever you're going to do. You get it? So uh, the issues that you have, I don't add up here and all that stuff, that shouldn't really be an issue to you because it is not an issue to God. And uh, every time you set apart something, Every time you're sanctified, it is again for a purpose. When you set aside um, anything really, you know, you don't set aside things just to keep them there and they wrote. Eh? You set aside things for a specific purpose. And uh, when you read the scripture, it says that you have been sanctified by the Spirit and the purpose is for the obedience to Jesus Christ. You have been chosen, beloved child of God, to obey the Lord Jesus, to obey his word uh, generally. And more specifically so no time in your life are you going to disobey him and start obeying science uh, if the Lord Jesus says I need you to worship like this for instance uh, in Hebrews 10 he says that not I think five says not forsaking uh, the habit of meeting together as the manner of some is. Eh? He basically says that in your worship, you always have to meet together. As a a child of God, uh, even in these times where children of God are not allowed to congregate physically, and that requiring us to go and seek permission from science in order to congregate, the Lord Jesus has said that you are set apart to obey the Lord himself. That's what he said. You are not set apart to obey someone else. If he says, do not forsake the habit of meeting together, Then that is what you're going to obey, and that is what you're going to stand on you are not going to go and ask science that okay the lord said i should do this but what do you think we should do eh? then science says no you can't congregate together because of covid when you do that you are subjecting the lord the master the one who created everything you're making him a subset of science So you have actually uh, done a coup d'etat and science has become the God. eh? That's why it is very important to stand strong because you have been set apart for the obedience of Christ. And uh, the automatic question is going to be, what about those times when, well, I haven't obeyed him perfectly, but my heart is right. I want to obey him, but sometimes I have fallen and everything. Uh, The next part is for you. It says you've been set apart for the obedience of Christ and for the sprinkling with his blood. The only reason the blood exists is for the forgiveness of sin. It is for those times when you have missed it. Eh? That's why the blood exists. So you've been set apart to obey. But even when you miss the mark, do not condemn yourself, for the blood is there to wipe away those sins and to basically self-correct. Eh? You know, uh, sometimes I use uh, Google Maps and GPS. This is a very uh, if well and You see, sometimes when you're driving on Google Maps and using the GPS in your car, you can miss the turn that you're supposed to take, eh? especially when you're going to a place you've never been. And when you miss the turn, automatically the GPS will reroute and get a new route for you to reach your destination. You have been called to perfectly represent the God of heaven, to perfectly represent Jesus Christ. That's why you are called as ambassador. And when you mess up, If your heart is still right, when you're still connected with him, he's saying that his blood will automatically wipe away that error and will reroute you. So you should never be condemned. And then, uh, if you're reading the scripture, he concludes and says, May grace and peace be multiplied unto you. This is the summary of uh, that verse 1 and 2. If you know that you've been chosen by God, that you've been equipped by God, that you your purpose is set i have to obey jesus christ and even though i miss it here and there sometimes i'm not supposed to be condemned because his blood is able his blood has wiped away every sin the result is you'll never worry you'll never be condemned the result is that wow you'll bask in so much grace and peace and that is the state that you're supposed to be in that is your identity As a child of God. That is where you are supposed to be. You are supposed to be in a place where you know. That grace and peace has been multiplied unto me. The Lord died for me. I have the spirit of God to help me. I can never be in a place. Where I am disadvantaged. Because I am sanctified by the spirit. I am set apart by the spirit. And if you know this. Then it is not by might. It is not by power. But by the spirit of God. That anything can be um, accessed. Uh, Then verse 3. Uh, again, 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope. The hope that you have can never die. Dear child of God, the hope that you carry can never die. You see, in this situation, you have to realize that uh, so much has happened. For instance, uh there are so many uh, people who have lost jobs. And even uh, some of you, uh, beloved children of God, uh, your jobs have been taken away from you because uh, the COVID-19 has shut down economies and everything. Funding is not coming through. Uh, companies have collapsed. Uh, customers are fewer. People are paranoid with uh, with fear. So uh, they're running more to stock up food instead of buying maybe what you're selling. You may be selling luxury items. Uh, whatever, really, eh? and you find that the devil who came to steal and kill and destroy the, 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 the one who doctored this whole pandemic has taken away some people's jobs and everything and people have been pushed to a place of depression a, a, a place of, uh, of being desperate a, a, a place where now um, someone is driving their hope from their job but now the job has been taken away their hope has basically died someone had a shop somewhere but because of all those months uh, the landlord of uh, the arcade or the shopping mall has uh, chased you away And now you can't sell you can't meet the clientele that you wanted to because maybe you're in an upscale area And the end result is that this thing this business this uh, job that that thing which has been giving you hope And uh, now you can't access it anymore eh? you've been going to hospital uh, For you who's uh, has some challenges in your health you're sick and now you've gone to hospital and they're telling you the situation that you have is terminal. You, you have two weeks to live and your hope has died because previously your hope has been uh, medicine. Your hope has been what the doctor has said and the hope is now dead. The scriptures are saying that for you, dear child of God, that uh, according to his great mercy, when he died on the cross and forgave you and raised you from the dead, he raised you and you are born again to a living hope. Your hope can never die. It can never die. And you you need to, your eyes need to be opened up to this. That I carry a living hope, a hope that can never die, a hope that can never be diminished. Because it it, it is in a realm that is way above uh, what you would call uh, the the earthy, what you would call the empirical. And you know, and he says that he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because the person you believe has already beaten death. So death has nothing on you. You live realms and realms above uh, the level where death is. And uh, he concludes and says in verse 4, he says, To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. Just listen to those words that you have an inheritance that is imperishable, it is undefiled, it is unfading, kept in heaven for you. There is a a whole lot... uh, of truth a whole lot of exciting goodies for you here first of all by definition an inheritance is something you did not work for an inheritance is something that someone else has worked for and is willing to just bequeath it to you eh? and that is what happens commonly on earth uh, when uh, a parent has uh, on earth read most times on earth it is after the parent has died he has written a will that you're going to get you know this acreage of land Maybe 5,000 acres or so. And uh, as is the case mostly, you see this in so many uh, families. The moment one person dies, like the father dies, people start fighting for the inheritance. eh? But here, what the Lord Jesus is talking about, he's saying that the inheritance that you have, is uh, imperishable, it is undefiled and it is unfading. It is not like an inheritance that an earthly person can give you. eh? The one which can fade and all those things. eh? You get land today and then tomorrow someone comes and says, ah, it was bequeathed to me and then there are fake land titles and all that stuff. That is not the one that the Lord Jesus Christ is talking about. He's saying that there is an inheritance for you. You have a heritage from the Lord Jesus himself. That means you did not, in your own effort, work for this. And because you didn't work for it, you can't undo it. You get it? It is just something that has been given to you. It is an inheritance that you have. But beyond that, it is unfading. That means it is never going to diminish in value. Never going to diminish in value. It is not like inheriting a car. And, uh, well, the way technology is going fast, you inherit a car and two years down the road it is like that car is beat up. Eh? It is no longer on you know the the, the model that is you know a trending. Eh? you know, you inherit a phone and you no know, a day later it has fallen down and it has cracked. These things that the Lord Jesus is giving you, the inheritance that is giving you, is nothing unlike what has been given on earth. It is unfading, it doesn't lose value, it doesn't diminish. It stays perfect, you know, it is unfading, it is imperishable, it is undefiled, totally undefiled. The health that you have as a result of him dying on the cross, what he says, uh, um, Isaiah 53, uh, when he says that uh, he died uh, on the cross, that it takes away... Uh, Let me get the exact quote. He took away our sins and iniquities through his death on on the cross. And then by his stripes, we are healed. The health that comes as a result of him dying on the cross, it is unfading and it is undefiled. It is not something you have to sustain every single day. That Take these tablets, uh, maybe weekly, and your liver, your kidney will work. The inheritance that is being granted unto you, it is free, it is unfaded, it is undefiled. You can rest and bank on it that once I get this inheritance, it is never going to fade away. That once I get this inheritance, it is like I have an unlimited bank account. I can get the car that is trending today. Then if it gets off, I get another one. It keeps producing forever and ever. That is the type of inheritance that you have. And he says it is kept in heaven for you. You get it? in heaven where no moth no rust nothing can attack it in heaven it is the true treasure kept in heaven above and if anyone would want to steal it that person first has to get born again and then steal it can you imagine that that is how uh you know secure your inheritance is and he says it is kept in heaven for you who by god's power are being guarded through faith for salvation He's saying that all these things are going to work for you through faith. Faith is very important in accessing all these things. And we know that now faith is the evidence of things that are unseen. These things are kept in heaven for you. They are unseen to the physical five senses. Because with the physical five senses, all you're going to see is lack, poverty, hardship, and you know, what everyone else can see. But the Lord Jesus is saying that for you, You are being guided by the power of God through faith for salvation. And never think about salvation in the narrow thing that I've escaped hell. That is not what salvation is talking about. You know, salvation covers anything. As long as I can take you from one level of glory to another, you have been saved. You know? Uh, For instance, if you've been used to spending 5 million, whatever, 5 million shillings, 5 million dollars a day, and somehow, by the power of God, I take you to a level where you're spending $20 million a day. I have saved you from a level of $5 million and I've expanded your life to a level of $20. That is what salvation means. Eh? Salvation means being taken from a lower level to a higher level in a very broad sense. So in the strictest sense, uh, the very narrow view of it is we were in our sins and trespasses dead in them, and the Lord came and saved us and took us to a place where we are, you know, alive in Him. But it doesn't end there, because there's so many things that accompany that salvation, and these things include, uh your, well, prosperity, money. I'm talking about money, not prosperity in the spirit. Uh, I'm talking about uh, your housing. I'm talking about uh, your your success even in a situation where the rest of the world is going down, because you have an inheritance that is kept away in heaven, if by faith and through faith you connect to this inheritance, then your life is only going to go up and up. You're going to be saved from this, saved from that, saved from the other thing, and you will just keep thriving and thriving and thriving. And that is your life, uh, beloved child of God. But all this, According to the scripture says this inheritance is kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in this last time. The faith that you have in God and uh, again faith is the evidence of the unseen realities of God. Those things that are not very visible right now. The unseen realities of God. They are not visible Um, but you you know, you can perceive them in the spirit, eh? you can see them in the spirit, and this is what we are talking about. Um, we we talked about how meditation is how you get your faith to work, you choose to see things as revealed uh, by the word of God, and you do not forsake that for anything else. The power of God is available to you, child of God, through faith. And how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And this word of God, the revelation of God, is what delivers the faith to you. This revelation brings that faith to you and then you're able to partake of this inheritance that you have in heaven. And you have to realize when we talk about a heavenly inheritance, again, it is in an invisible realm. It is in the spirit. It is something so vastly superior to anything you can experience uh, apart from the Holy Spirit. And it is eternal. It is an eternal reserve. It can never, never fade. If you got a job because of the favor that you have from heaven, then week in, week out, you will be excellent. You will be thriving. You will be flying. And no man can take that away from you, whether they do not like you whether they hate you they will try sabotage but at that moment you are operating in the realm of god you are operating by the favor of god and no one can take it away from you because you accessed it uh, in the spiritual realm because it is part of your inheritance that is kept for you in heaven above where no moth no thief can take it away that's what jesus said in the book of matthew And because no thief can take away what you uh, get from the spirit realm because that is the supreme realm no one can take it away from them it implies you can be secure you'll experience what we talked about as grace you'll always have peace because you obtained it from the spiritual realm you obtained it from the spiritual realm and that is a you know a very important aspect in the operation of your faith your faith must always be based on these words of life the words the revelation from God and therefore you don't trade your faith you don't trade the, the words of life that have been delivered to you for anything you don't trade them for science you, even a little bit you know because a little bit of anything will live in the whole Lamb. Eh? you don't trade it for anything uh, real quick uh, let's run to second Peter uh, chapter 1 and he continues to expand about this marvelous truth second uh, peter one from verse one he talks about simon peter a bond servant and an apostle of jesus christ uh, we've already talked about this he continues to establish who exactly he is serving as a man of god you do not serve the government you are not a bond servant to the government you are a bond servant to your lord jesus christ you serve him and you only speak as of the oracles of the lord and then he says to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our god and savior jesus christ um just a a quick one here when he says like precious faith he's saying that for you who believe the same things that he believes the apostle peter walked on water the apostle peter healed the sick the apostle peter uh, spoke in tongues the apostle peter you know um he was a bold guy. The, the Apostle Peter saw trances. He had visions. So when he says that he's writing to those of like precious faith, he's saying that I'm writing to you because you believe the same way I believe. You believe in trances. You believe in speaking in tongues. You believe in um, you know, visions. You believe in dreams. You, you believe in the supernatural. And you believe in the excellence of the spiritual realm over the you know the natural realm. That can be proven in his life when he walked on water. This letter is not written to people who don't believe like that. You know, I just had to say that, that you know that you're in a special category because you believe in the supernatural. And then it says that grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Savior. This is because, uh, again, the word of God, that is the knowledge of God, is what delivers the grace of God to you. You know, And when you have the grace of God, when you know that in every situation I have the enabling power of God to succeed, to rise up, to prosper, the end result is peace. You're not going to be worried over and about anything. Then verse 3, and this is what I want to say, is, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us to uh, by glory and virtue this is a very significant you know because in this scripture he's again talking about your inheritance that you receive that is kept for you in heaven he says that inheritance has everything that pertains to life and godliness that inheritance has the house that you need if it pertains to life on earth if you need a car if you need clothes if you need money if you need a cappuccino if you need a suit, if you need, you know, a diamond necklace, whatsoever you need to make your life comfortable, here, he says it is available to you. He has already given it to you, you know. He says as his divine power has given unto us, it is in past tense, it is already available to you. Now, the obvious question is, if he has given it to us, why is it that apparently I am surrounded by, by lack, eh? Let me answer that one real quickly. It says, as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. You know, as the electricity in your house is what operates your phone. eh? Without the electricity, your phone would be useless. So your phone is working according to that electricity. These things that pertain to life and godliness are given to you according to to his divine power. They're given to you according to his divine power. You know, Ephesians 3:20 says it this way. Ephesians 3.20. It says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. You know, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly according to the power that works in us. That power, you know, I can show this in in another broadcast. It says now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. The things that you think about, the meditations that you have, activate that power that is at work in you. And that, you know, Really, meditative envisioning activates that power that is at work in you. And this is what we talked about, that faith operates by meditative envisioning. When you choose to see things as revealed in the word of God, as revealed in the prophecies, as revealed in the the promises of God, you're activating that power. Then he can do exceedingly abundantly above, according to the power that works in you. That is one aspect of the divine power that has been spoken about. In Second Peter, eh? one aspect of the power that has been spoken about in Second Peter, uh, chapter one, uh, verses three, as His divine power, you carry that divine power on the inside of you. I carry that power on the inside of me, and when you activate that power, you know, uh, just take it from the top. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus, our Lord, eh? as His divine power. This knowledge, these words of God, are delivering to you a life. Above defeat, and you know, you receive those words, and then your response is you start meditating in that line. That meditative energy that you have is part of what he calls that divine power, you know. And according to that, he has given you everything because in your meditation, you can see yourself owning everything on earth. He told Abraham that, you know, the as far as your eyes can see in Romans 4, it says that. in Genesis around Genesis 15 when uh, 15 to 17 when Abraham and Lot disagree and they move and the Lord tells Abraham that look to the north to the east to the south you no know, lift up your hide and look to the north east south and west and as far as your eyes can see I have given that unto you in Romans chapter 4 the Bible says that Abraham inherited the whole world that means in that moment Abraham was able to see the entire world and with your physical eyes it is impossible to see beyond the horizon for some of you, it, it is impossible to see beyond the next hill that is near you you know and for some with eye defects short-sightedness it is impossible to see beyond one meter ahead of you the only way Abraham was able to see the entire world was using the eyes of his heart by using his meditation and that is part of the divine power that abraham unleashed and the lord was able to give unto him the whole earth this is what we are talking about you know so there's that aspect of you that to in order to see these things in order to partake of the all things that have been given unto you in order to partake of your inheritance your meditation must be aligned to the word of god to the prophecies of god And this is what verse 4 is talking about. Verse 4 continues to say that, by which we have been given exceeding great and precious promises, that by these we may be partakers of the divine nature. Having accepted the corruption that is in the world through lust. we partake of the divine nature. We partake Of the inheritance that is kept for us in divinity, in glory above, by the prophecies, by the promises that have been spoken unto us. These things are spoken unto us, then they develop a meditation in our heart and we are able to partake of them. And uh, when you become a partaker of the divine nature, when you become a partaker of the divine nature, you can never be affected by anything. You can't be affected by anything that is on this earth. You cannot be affected by it. Because once you become a partaker of the divine nature, divinity does not fall sick. Divinity does not fall sick. You know? Divinity is not defeated. Divinity is not at the mercy. When I say divinity, I mean God. God is not at the mercy of man. If God wanted a job, he's not going to beg man. That is what happens when you partake of the words of faith that make you a partaker of that divine nature. And when you access the divine nature, again, like I've said, your life becomes supreme. Your life becomes a light. People look at you and they admire you. Kings come to your rising because now you have lit up. You are a partaker of the divine nature. Even just leaving Christianity out of it. There is no one who believes his God can fall sick. Because they believe their God is divine. There is no one who believes that, oh my God, now, like a Muslim, you think, uh, you know, a Muslim doesn't believe Allah is, is sick. There is uh, no one, even those people who actually believe that God gives them poverty, they do not believe that God is poor. They believe that after, you know, religion will teach them that after you die, then you will become rich because you're going to go be, to, to be with, you no know, whatever you call divine. Eh? Divinity is at the epitome, at the zenith of life divinity doesn't fall sick, divinity is not broke, divinity is never worried, divinity is never in short of supply and the Bible is saying that through, not not the Bible, let me even rephrase, the Holy Ghost is telling you now that if you partake by faith the prophecies, the promises that have been given unto you, you become a partaker of this divine nature just imagine that Just see how beautiful that is. And he says that you have been elected to be that. You have been elected to to, to be one who is not separate from God. To be one who is not, you know, who, who, who can't be found on earth. Whose foundation is not on earth. To be one who is excellent in everything that they do. Because they are now considered in the God class. They are partakers of divinity. They are called those who, you know, when they they try and examine you, they say, no, you're not of a human nature. You are of a divine nature. Can you imagine that? You are no longer considered to be in the realm of man. You have transcended the physical, and now you're considered as a partaker of divinity. You know, let me just, read for you this one in conclusion that this this is where god wants you to end up with his word his word is not about reciting it his word is not about head knowledge this inheritance has already been given unto you. you don't have to work for it the only thing you have to do is to receive it and once you receive it again by faith you hear the word and the word becomes flesh in you you cease to be an ordinary person, you become a partaker of the divine nature. In John ten thirty five, this is the Lord Jesus speaking to the Pharisees who are arguing about divinity and all that stuff, and he tells them, if he called them gods to whom the word of God came, can you imagine that? That God Himself decided to call those people, whom who received the word of God, decide to call them gods. Talking about you know the prophets of the Old Testament, He said. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, John 10, 35. Go read it. When you receive the word of God. When you receive the word of God. You transcend. You partake of divinity. You become part of the divine nature. Child of God. This is your heritage. This is your inheritance. This is your destiny. And even as we speak now. I pray for you. I release the life of God. Into your. You know. Your Your heart. I release this divine power that is able to elevate you. I speak right now that one look at you and people will see the testimony of God in your life. The testimony of God in your life. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I release a quickening. I release the speed, the supernatural speed of God in acquisition of everything that you need. I open up the realm of the Spirit for you in dreams and visions that you will partake of a realm that is not common, that you partake of those holy things, things that are not common, and that you will be built up. And then from today henceforth, you shine, you are the salt of the earth, you are the light of the world. No obstacle remains in your life, no defeat remains in your life. You are now the blessed of God. I release this blessing that quickens everything, this blessing that makes you rich and adds no sorrow to it till we meet next time stay blessed this has been the principal thing you are adored you are loved by the entirety of heaven you are blessed